In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who brings us the truth and sets us free by that truth. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you've ever gone through Luther's small catechism, you'll notice that there's one question that pops up time and time again. And that one question that pops up time and time again is the question, what does this mean? And the way that it will be presented, if you don't remember or you've never been through it before, talk to me afterwards if you haven't been through it before. If you've never done that, you'll notice that what happens is that they go through a little chunk of our theology. And that chunk comes in six parts in Luther's small catechism called the six chief parts. And those six chief parts are the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Confession and Forgiveness, Baptism, and the Lord's Supper. And it chunks those things down. And so you have things like the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And then Martin Luther, from the grave just about, with his words, says, well, what does that mean? And maybe you say, well, what does this mean? I shall have no other gods before me. I haven't worshipped Baal recently. I haven't had many strange idols in my room, at least this week. And so you begin to ask yourself a question, what does this mean? And really when it gets down to it, you're not just asking that question about what does this mean, what is sort of the academic background of this. That God was telling the Israelites, don't have any idols, because those things aren't real. And they're going to bring you away from a trusting relationship with me. That's all sort of the academic answer, and that's good, you should know that. But you should really begin to ask that question to yourself and of yourself. What does this mean? What does it mean that there are ten commandments that God has put there in front of me? Ten things that I can take a look at and that if I'm really honest with myself, I have to admit, okay, yeah, I've broken them all. Last week... What does this mean? And then you go into the creed. And that's separated into three different parts, three different articles. One about the Father, one about the Son, and one about the Holy Spirit. And after every one of those articles, it asks you, what does this mean? What does that mean in your life? That you recognize that there is this one God, but He has three persons, and that those three persons are the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that those three persons do different things in your life as a Christian. What does this mean? And then you get into the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus tells His disciples, this is how you should pray, and He gives us a model of prayer for us to follow. A model of prayer that sometimes we pray the Lord's Prayer, and sometimes we pray prayers that are like the Lord's Prayer, and then it gets split up into seven different petitions, and after every one of those petitions it says, 
what does this mean? So what does it mean in your life that you have this opportunity to talk to God, that you have an opportunity to speak your words and your thoughts to an almighty being? What does this mean? And then from there, we hear about baptism. Baptism. What does it mean? What does it mean that some of you, before you can even really remember it, were, well, your heads got wet. And for some of you, I've done that for you. And what does it mean that that happened, that you've been included into God's family in that way with baptism? What does that mean? And then you get into confession and absolution. What does it mean that God still tells you? Uh, You have to confess, and you've done some things wrong. But then also, I still love you. And I want, to, I want to forgive those sins that you've confessed. In fact, I want to forgive the sins that you don't even know that you committed. What does this mean? And then lastly, we come to the sixth chief part of Martin Luther's small catechism, which is about the sacrament of the altar, which we also call communion in the Lord's Supper. And what does that mean? Then a little bit later on today, that we are going to come up to this place right here, and we are going to put bread and body into our mouths. And we're going to put wine and blood into our mouths. And that we believe that that does things in our lives, that it unites us with Christ, that it forgives us of our sins. That it brings us together as a community, understanding that everybody here is a sinner, but everyone here is loved by Jesus so much that he died on a cross. What does this mean? Well, the disciples were probably asking Jesus a little bit of, uh, what does this mean? When he says to them that the truth will set them free. He says, this truth will set you free. And he goes on a little bit longer, but you can sort of see that the apostles, the disciples, are kind of stuck in their thinking. Because they say back to him, um, so this is a little awkward, Jesus, Uh, um, but uh, we're not slaves. (laughs) Um, Peter here, he's a fisherman. Um, And Matthew, he was a tax collector, but none of us are slaves. So why are you talking about something setting us free? And Jesus explains that none of us are free without his truth. That none of us are free without him. That every single one of us here is a slave to sin. Because we commit sins. That it doesn't matter if you're baptized or if you're not baptized. It doesn't matter if you're confirmed or if you have no idea what the word catechism means. 
you sin. And because of that, you are a slave to sin. But a little bit later on, Joel Winrusher will come up here, and he will be confirmed. And he's going to show us what this means. What this means is that he's going to stand in front of us and he is going to confess. He is going to say, I fully recognize that I am a sinner and I need grace. I fully recognize that I am a slave to sin and the fact that I have done so well, and you have, in confirmation classes, means nothing because I still am a sinner. And I still need God's grace. And I still need Him to love me. But I'm willing to step out in faith. To stand up here before all of us and He is going to say, I believe these things. I believe that Jesus Christ loves me. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. I believe that Jesus Christ rose again from a tomb. And that because of that, I am going to be resurrected when He comes again. So what does this mean? Joel's going to show us that today. And it's a good time for you to stop and reflect. What does this mean? What is that truth of God And what does it mean in your life? Spend the rest of the day thinking about that. Spend the rest of the year thinking about that. Because it will never get old. And you'll always find a new answer to what does this mean. But every one of those answers is going to include Jesus loves me so much that He died on a cross to save me from my sin. Amen.